Today's episode is one of the pandemic self-care Facebook Live conversations I've had uh, early on when the pandemic first hit back in March and April. 36 amazing, beautiful podcast guests who had previously been on the show had joined me for these pandemic self-care live conversations. So I am sharing them now in the audio version. All right. Until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Um, yeah. So I'm going to start talking, everybody. Oh, it says live on Facebook. That was fast. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to have with me Sarah Payton back having a discussion. I had done an amazing interview with Sarah, which you'll need to check out. You can go to YouTube. You can check it out on all the audio sites like iTunes and Pandora and um, uh, Spotify. Yeah, I just saw, drew a blank there for a second. Um, really cool news is that, and I didn't say this earlier, the, the podcast has now been downloaded in 57 countries. So we've added another three countries. So I need to go just in the last month. So I need to go figure out what countries those are and send a thank you to the people in, the, in those countries, which is oh, exciting. Yeah. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Terry. So happy to be with you. Thank you. So tell people what it is that uh, you do and who you are. Well, I'm Sarah Payton, and I love the way that language actually is like kind of a magic healing force that we don't even know about, which takes me right into my message for today, which is that we are perfectly capable of inflicting domestic violence on ourselves inside of our own heads, especially during the sh shutdowns and shelter at homes and quarantines and we need to take that seriously and we need to be learn to be kinder to ourselves and it's actually a learning it's something we can learn to do it's not just an undoable be nice to yourself request there are a couple steps that I want to share with people wonderful yeah so the first step that I'd like to share with people is that we need to name what's going on. We get to say, ah, I'm beating myself up here. I am not being kind to myself. We get to notice the way that we call ourselves names. One of my favorites is to tell Sarah that she's stupid. This is actually emotional abuse of Sarah. We get to take this seriously. We get to say, heck, that's not, that's not good for Sarah's brain. And we get to go then, that's, what, that's step one, is noticing what we're doing. Step two is going to the meta level, which is a very interesting place to go. Why am I telling myself I'm stupid? Instead of just believing it as truth, we get to say, oh, it's not truth, it's trauma. Oh, I have aftermath, after effects of trauma in this brain of mine that I'm walking around with. We get to say, oh, has somebody else told me I was stupid? Or did I live with somebody? This was what happened to me. I, my parents didn't tell me I was stupid, but they told themselves they were stupid. Yeah. And then we sort of import our parents' brains so we can like be carrying negative messages from some generations back. It's almost like if I say, Sarah, what, what, do you, what deep need are you meeting by telling yourself you're stupid? I could say, oh, I'm belonging to my family line. I wouldn't belong to my family line if I didn't say I was stupid. And then you can see if your family line really would like that. Sarah's family line, do you really want her to be continuing this tradition? Do you wanna claim her even though she's not gonna be telling herself she's stupid? It's a very interesting question. Yeah. Often our 
we, we carry internalized ancestors and, and culture, family culture that we don't even know that we have with us. And so that's one possibility. Another possibility when we turn inward and we say, why, why would I be telling myself, my, me, myself I'm stupid? It can be like a, a, like an ice axe against helplessness. If I tell Sarah she's stupid, then maybe we'll stop this headlong slide into shame. We can get an anchor and stop right there. Is that really very helpful? I don't know. We get to find out. Mm -hmm. We don't have to take it for granted that it's the best option. Because, again, we may have inherited it rather than somebody really looking at that as a self-care tool. Is that a really good self-care tool? Right. And then uh, finally, just starting to translate, you know, into really plain language feeling words. Instead of, Sarah, you're stupid. Sarah, are you feeling a lot of shame and distress? Are you, uh, do you really wish things could be different? Do you long to show up with integrity and competency? Do you long to be able to track time, even though... We're in coronavirus, timeless land, you know. <laughs> Is there, <laughs> what, ki what kinds of longings are there embedded in those ways that we're talking to ourselves in, in these ways that are unkind and emotionally abusive? So those are my three steps that take us a little bit towards well-being. How is it to hear them, Terry? Yes, well, wonderful. And I love following... I love following your self-conversations, which is how I look at them. Um, because there just is such a pattern of how you just kind of stop yourself from going down that road mm -hmm. and redirect and say, you know, and you ask yourself, you know, how is that feeling? Say, yeah. how is it? And so I, I find just what a great conversation tool to put into my own head of, yeah. you know what, Terry, hold up just a second. Yeah. And just taking that pause. I think that's the, 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 most beautiful thing I've gained from connecting with you is that pause. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, just what, a, again, what a beautiful gift. So thank you for that. And I want to say that, you know, some of these tools that we're starting to touch upon, saying things straight out changes our immune system, which of course is incredibly important right now. We want our immune systems to be in as good shape as possible. And we want our bodies. And, and our immune systems to be experiencing a sense of mattering and belonging. This is what makes our immune systems most resilient and most able to cope with viruses, is a real sense of emotional safety. And we're the ones who are most responsible for our sense of emotional safety, just bowing to everybody who is also in relationship with other people's nervous systems in close quarters, that there is also physical violence and there's also... Um, emotional violence that's taking place between people that gets really hard to do self-care in the middle of just right. making a, an acknowledgement and a bow and a, just a huge sending of love to everybody who's in that situation. And then um, the other thing that I just learned the other day that I find so tantalizing is that when we tell secrets, our immune system responds positively. So one of the things we can also do is examine what secrets am I keeping and who might I be able to talk about with them? 
to be able to let my immune system rebound a little bit? Do I have a family member who's struggling with addiction and here we are in close quarters and I'm keeping this secret? Maybe there's somebody I could talk to so that it's not just my body trying to keep the secrets that are in the household or in the family. Yes, and I agree wholeheartedly. Releasing my truth into the world mm. was extremely cathartic and very healing for my journey. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, so what about any other, like, other care strategies for, for in, in caring for others? In caring for others? Um, well, one of the things I think that's most important when we're, like, because we're often uh, being ourselves at whatever in whatever generation we are and taking care of older generation people and taking care of younger generation people. So there's there's a um, there, there's kind of an uh, uh, put your own oxygen mask on first. Yeah. Take the pause before you wade into trying to resolve conflict between your kids. See if you've got any oxygen flowing to you first before you step into a bedroom where you're caring for an elderly parent who may even not have cared for you in a way that you really enjoy. Just uh, allowing yourself to, to get that full oxygen. Find, and also finding the, the heart of your longing for contribution, I think is also really helpful to kind of continually go back to grounding ourselves in our love in our country, love of contribution, in our integrity, in our desire to um, create warmth and care for the people that are dependent upon us. So grounding ourselves again and again in what we most love can help us in the middle of so many people needing us at this time. Yes, and it is an overwhelming sensation, I think, for many people, is I want to do something, but I, I don't know, what, there's so much to be done. Do I sew masks? Do I, you know, do I do food bags for children who aren't receiving food? I mean, I mean, and so I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed, and then that just creates, again, stress within the individual. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. So the oxygen to oxygen yeah. to ourselves as we step into all of these ways that we may be contributing at a societal level for folks who are on the front lines of the medical professions just so much gratitude and the longing for us to all send them a little extra oxygen for their oxygen yeah. tanks for sure so. beautiful so any other any other strategies that you'd like to address before we before we close out oh um I think that the, the basic thing is to know that we are all so, so, that it's our birthright to be loved and delighted in. And so difficult though that may be to believe in this moment, if we begin to explore that possibility, like we're on a walk or we're lying and can't sleep or, and we think, what was Sarah saying? She was saying, it's our birthright to be loved and delighted in. That's kind of weird. I never thought of myself as being worthy of, you know, right. love and delight. But to begin to like feel into that, how much delight we have in the children that, that really matter to us. So, and even just random children on the street, we can have total delight in. 
to kind of take that view. If you're looking at yourself with those eyes of love, what does that look like? So bringing as much of the eyes of love as possible to each of us. Especially you know, what a beautiful way to look at it because my, my kids always used to make fun of me because they'd say, Oh my gosh, mom, you're the only person that walks through a mall. And every time you pass a baby, you're like, Oh, hi. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, she, and they're like, and the babies always get these big smiles on their faces when they mm. see you. I said, because I can't help but radiate yeah. love towards these little creatures when I see them. So yeah. yeah. And, and it so does we it. are all, we get to, we get to be those little and big creatures to which love could be radiated possibly, even though that's a radical and strange idea. Right, and and that's a really cool way, you know, like not just when I see babies, but almost every person that we meet, if we look at them and be like, oh my gosh, hi. Yeah. (laughs) Just like we would with that little cute little baby or that Yeah, what fun. Yeah, cute. (laughs) So how how do people find you and get a hold of you? Well, one, I wanna say, go, to Sarah's YouTube channel because she puts out, I'm telling you, I told her before we went live, like I just, I I just, well, one, I love your energy. It's just such a soft, beautiful, gentle. I I told you beforehand, it feel like you hug my heart every time I hear you talk. And um, your YouTube channel, I love it because I had just watched one in the past few days of the joy of receiving a package. And, and I said, I picked up my phone and it, it had dinged. And I was like, oh, we have an Amazon package on the porch. I was so excited. I'm going to go get it after we're done. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was like, I don't know, like maybe a six minute video. Yeah, I'm doing little between three, four, five minutes videos once a day on different aspects of the coronavirus experience including being scared of getting sick, including having anxiety that won't go away, including the delight of getting packages. Right. Um, <laughs> all Every aspect of this experience that's coming to me or that people are writing to me about, I just had a request to, to do a reframe about the metaphor of war, that we're at war with the coronavirus, to find a different metaphor, a different way of thinking about it. And that's a part of this invitation to our immune systems to really know who we are and that we matter and that we get to say, oh, this virus is not us. So a sense rather than a war, but a differentiation and self-knowledge. And so those kinds of things every day coming out uh, on my YouTube channel, Sarah Payton, P-E-Y-T-O-N. And my website is empathybrain.com. And there's also on the book website, the book is called Your Resonant Self. And there's a book website where the, there's free downloads of the meditations, which are also on Insight Timer. And they're on Insight Timer even in Spanish. Somebody did a beautiful job of bringing them into Spanish. Wonderful. So, um, yeah, empathybrain.com is, is where to go and the YouTube channel for Sarah Payton. Wonderful. All right. Well, again, I just, I loved our first conversation. I love this conversation. So yes, everyone, if you want to listen to our first conversation, which is probably like 45, 60 minutes long, somewhere along those lines, just an amazing uh, podcast interview. You can check it out on my YouTube channel, Terry Welbrock, or you can go to um, any of the audio sites. The Healing Place podcast is now on Pandora. 
iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Google Podcasts, any of those sites you can listen in. So yeah. Well, thank you again for sharing your beautiful insights and um, yes, for, for being here today. Thank you, Terry, for having me. It's such a pleasure. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Yes. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you.